And we're back. Are you ready for what's coming next? Because we have Teresa Candev that she's going to talk to you and ask you an important question. Are you truly preparing in your craft? She is the CEO of Worthy Nurse Media. And she also produced her TV show, Teresa Talk, in Legacy TV, where she's the secretary producer. And her tagline is so appropriate. She inspired conversation with actors, published and unpublished. So is that you? Do you have a story? Because maybe then you need to talk to her. And with that, please join the stage. Teresa, welcome. Hi, Nierka. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I can't wait for you to talk. And ask. okay, I'll be letting you take the stage. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Teresa Talks. I'm your host, Teresa Cundiff, and I have inspiring conversations with authors, published and unpublished. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Today, we're here to talk about, are you truly preparing for your craft? So I'm here to talk to you performing artists out there and those of you who are aspiring to be performing artists. I think it's easy to say that you wanna be a dancer or you wanna be an actor, you wanna be a triple threat. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's a singer, actor, dancer, or dancer, singer, actor, uh, whatever order you wanna put that in. I consider myself a singer, actor, dancer. I've been singing for all of my life. Um, I've been acting since I was in the sixth grade because I got the star in the sixth grade play Christmas comes to Old Grouch. Yes, I got to play Old Grouch. Um, <laughs> quite the claim to fame. Um, and then uh, I never did take dance class, but I was always a really good mover. And uh, I regret that. I regret that I was never in dance, but, um, you know, where my parents came from and how they were raised. That was just something that was not a thing that they understood. Um, and I didn't understand it very well myself, but let me just put a bug in your ear. If you aspire to the performing arts, you should be in dance and voice and acting classes right now. Now I did take voice in elementary school because like I said, I always was a singer. So I was singing in church. So in fourth grade was the first time I was in voice. And then the next time I was in voice proper, I was in high school, exactly. And then the next time I was in voice proper, I was in college. Now, everyone always thought that I would go into the performing arts because I was always in theater. I started my high school plays. Um, I did uh, theater outside of high school because we had local performing arts um, uh, things you could do, you know, local theater and stuff. It was all amateur. Um, but I did that, but I did not major in voice because I didn't know what I could do with a vocal performance major or a music major with a uh, concentration in vocal performance. Right. But I did try to further my own aspirations. I'm from Clarksville, Tennessee originally, 
And of course, Nashville is only 40 miles away. And that's, of course, when Opryland was in its prime. So I went to Opryland and with a bunch of my theater peeps from Clarksville, and we all auditioned at Opryland. And you audition there at the Roy Acuff Theater, which is where the Grand Ole Opry is broadcast from. So that's a very incredible and intimidating experience. I got called back, which is thrilling. Um, didn't get hired. Um, and so I thought, well, that must be because we went on the last day of audition. So the next year, uh, went earlier in the audition season and got called back and got measured for costumes even. And I thought, well, this is it. I'm in. Wah! Um, because on the callback, of course, there is dancing. And while I said I never had dance class, I was a good mover. I picked up choreography really quickly and all that. But um, again, my hopes and dreams were dashed of working at Opryland because even though they measured me for costumes, they still didn't hire me. So it's just, it wasn't the path that God had for me. So I, um, I still did uh, theater in my, you know, locally and would have my picture in the paper for being, you know, I played Sandy in Greece and, you know, yada, yada. But um, I wish that earlier in my life, I had had more of an understanding of what it took and what is required to be uh, a triple threat, to really be more serious about what I wanted to do in the performing arts. And plus also I had preconceived notions. I didn't necessarily have limiting beliefs with regard to my talent um, because I knew that I was a really good singer and I was a pretty good actress. I had won a first place award uh, at, from Fort Campbell working there uh, in the the amateur theater there because there was a competition and all of force Com, which is forces command and i had won best actress and so you know okay um but still never took it seriously but i always thought that if i was gonna like move to new york then i would just have to be like a waitress and go to auditions until i you know could get it anyway so all of that stuff so i just i just didn't pursue it even though in acting class in college, I, my acting teacher said, um, you have a face for soap operas. <laughs> so, for whatever that is worth. But I just want to challenge you. And I want you to search your soul. Because the performing arts is not for sissies. And I say that with all sincerity from the bottom of my heart. Because it is an industry where it's very cutthroat, the closer you get to like Broadway and so forth, because everyone is out for a small handful of jobs, because of course there's your lead and your supporting, but then even in the ensemble, which are the, the singer dancer people around the speaking roles, there's really only a handful of those jobs as well. You know, right? It's not like everybody that wants to be in the show gets to be in the show. So are you truly preparing and doing what you have to do right now, right? Right now to propel you to the next level uh, of ability and skill, right? And I, I took this picture down from the internet and I hope it'll translate here with the green screen. There you go. Because see this, everybody wants to be the ballerina, 
right? With the and, and beyond point. But then there's the other foot, right? With the gnarly toes that are wrapped. Probably the toe, the toes that are wrapped have lost their toenails. And then there's the bruises, right? Because that's what it really takes. That's what it really takes to perfect your craft to be the prima ballerina, right? And then you have to hope that while you're working towards perfecting your craft to be the prima ballerina, that you don't go out with an injury, right? Because you have to protect your body just like you are an athlete. And ballet is the foundational dance of all dances. So ballet is something you have to take, even if you don't want to be a ballerina, because it is the foundation. So like my, my son who followed me into the performing arts is a mad tapper. Tap is his first dance, right? Tap is his first dance. But he took a ballet class for a semester and was amazed at how well just everything went with his balance and his posture and his form uh, for tap because he took ballet. Yes, Tamisa, I completely agree. And it's also why football coaches send their football players to ballet class because on the football field, you need to have balance and coordination and just awareness of your body, which is what ballet brings to you, right? And I, I've never taken ballet, but I know all this from having my son having been in ballet and what I know from the dancers that, that I've worked with um, in the theater. So here in my hometown where I live now, we have a professional theater that I was blessed to work at for 10 years uh, and all facets of the theater because I love it so much and I want to be there. And so, um, you know, my time there ran its course for various reasons. Um, but now I, I have my TV show on Legrity uh, called Teresa Talks, where I interview authors, published and unpublished. And an unpublished author is someone who just hasn't put their book on the page yet. Everyone has a story in them, I believe, that, that they want to tell and that they someday will tell. But for me to make the leap, um, to take a ballet term, uh, from the stage to the small screen wasn't that difficult to do. So I, I get to still kind of do the thing that I love. I get to kind of be on stage here with the camera. And I feel like everything that I've ever done in my life has prepared me for this moment in time in my life in all stages. My kids are grown now. I have a grandson um, because he's very grand uh, to me anyway. And to, to be able to do this. So did I was I prepared for this to be my craft? Um, I'm going to say yes. Because even though I never had any broadcast training, um, everything that I've ever done has brought me to this moment in time to be able to step from the stage to behind the camera. Because one of my funny mantras is, I never met a camera I didn't love. It's like when there is a camera sort of anywhere in my like proximity, it's like a heat-seeking missile for me. I seem to be able to find it and strike my pose and uh, offer a smile. It's <laughs> I'm kind of being silly, but 
you know, it's a little bit true too, which is what actually makes it funny. So, you know, little uh, comic tip there. But um, so just my, my encouragement to you here um, for my talk here on the summit is, are you truly preparing for your craft? And you can sit there and be in denial and say, well, I, you know, don't really need to. Yes, you do. You do. Because you don't want to be that person that's gone through all of the, the, uh, the gates at American Idol thinking that you're a good singer, right? When you're not. You're the one that's been put through the gates because you're the one that's going to be laughed at when you get put in front of the judges. And what's terrible about that is someone who really loves you should have said, you, you really can't sing and you should really, you know, apply yourself somewhere else, <laughs> right? Because we've all seen it and that's why we watch it because we like those train wrecks. And that's what makes the show entertaining. But what's sad is it's really at the expense of those people. And it's soul crushing. And it's I quit watching American Idol for that very reason. Because eventually the great voices do get through. But in the audition process, the people they're allowing through think they're good singers. I mean, they do. And, and they're not. So just don't don't be one of those people get someone to assess your talent that's truly objective so that's not your mom it's not your auntie and it's not your grandma um someone you know professor at your university or someone who can really let you know where you need to improve or where you're really good um if you're really serious about doing the performing arts as as a career path but like i said the performing arts it's not for sissies and you really really have to have a tough skin because it's tough to face rejection uh, at auditions you know and they might tell you right there thank you and that's it and you walk out the door and you had such high hopes for that role you thought you were perfect you know they're gonna take me um it's like Sally Field said when she finally won an Oscar. They like me. They really like me. Um, so I don't know. Just um, just take what I've said as a word to the wise and um, take the appropriate actions that you need to take for yourself. And that's my advice. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. That was powerful. And that picture of the ballerina fish. Mm -hmm. Wow. I know, right? Everybody wants to be to be this, but they don't want to necessarily have to have this. But that that's where a picture, you know, is worth a thousand words. I think that's the true value of success. That, that's a true picture of success right there. Because in order to get to, to be successful and ballerinas, they dance beautiful. But they have to put in a lot of work and a lot of time to craft that practice. 
It is. It is. And it, and it really does. So like, you know, you go to a voice lesson for 30 minutes a week. And like when I was in college, I took choir, um, because I, you know, I wasn't in the music department even, but I wanted to be in choir because it was led by such an amazing man, um, uh, John Mabry. And he was so well known throughout the state of Tennessee. I wanted to be in his choir. I still had to audition for it. And so I did and I got in. Um, but then I finally had to start taking a real class on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I couldn't be in choir much past my sophomore year. Um, and I was real regretful of that. But I, you know, I have such a passion for the music and the singing. And I still, you know, I sing at church and I have a CD. I sing the theme song for my own TV show. Um, so I still have several outlets where I get to sing. But um, <clears throat> and I miss the stage because oh, there's nothing like when you please an audience and they respond to you with their applause to show their appreciation for you. It's um, it's that instant gratification that we have in our society today, you know, because we want it right then when we want it. But um, it does it does take a lot of work, and um, a lot of people they want that, but then it's like, oh, you mean I have to do that and I have to do that, right? So for a thirty minute voice lesson, you need you have to work outside of the voice lesson to be prepared when you come back to it, right? So there's like the breath work and then because you want to improve your range. And one thing I could never do was go from my head voice down into my chest voice without that that twitch, that that in my in my voice, the wee <clears throat> yeah. Wee to get into my yeah. So you know. But I, I make it work when I am singing, but to, I never, my voice teacher could never get me to like not hit that, I don't know, toggle or whatever it is in my voice. But, you know, I'm a little older now and it's okay. And like I said, I was not a vocal performance major. So, But that show you, right? Like, I didn't know that was a sing because I'm not a singer. So I never know there was such thing as a, you know, at a the head voice. I think it was only one, but it makes sense. Falsetto, um, but it's still it's like a head voice for men. The, the yeah, That's okay. Stick with me, Nirka. I'll teach you some stuff, and I'm 100% sure you got a gazillion things to teach me as well. So. I mean, I bring the umbrellas because once I start practicing, <laughs> my brain. <laughs> but thank you so much. We have some comments. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but we can put it on the screen. Uh, definitely you say, uh, Tomesa, uh, she agree with you that grandmas and mamas always make, always tell you, you are amazing. Right. That's why you can't trust their opinion about your talent, because they always think that the grandbabies um, can do no wrong and that they're brilliant. And, you know, because, I mean, they clap for you when you um, tie your shoes or whatever. Yeah. So it's like. That makes it good. Like right. for your sympathy, right? Right. And they would shoot sooner gouge their own eye out than hurt their grandbaby's feelings. So, um but but seriously, somebody 
but but really, I mean, if I thought, you know, my grandbaby is like six weeks old, but if I thought he was going to go on national television and humiliate himself such that it, he would like cry into his pillow for weeks and weeks after he saw himself on TV, I, I would tell him, I would tell him, do not do this, honey. It's just don't, don't do it. And I have that the one thing I found surprising is what you say about football players dancing ballet to craft the, uh, the skills in the field. I didn't know that. But that mm -hmm. makes so much sense. Cause well, yeah, I mean, and I, it's you, you hear coaches talk about it sometimes in interviews or the players will make reference to it. They're like, yeah, coach sent us to ballet class to, to learn how to be lighter on our feet or to balance better, like they send the wide receivers or whatever. So yeah, it's it's really a thing. That put a picture of my mind. I, I don't know if they wore the tutu. Uh, I don't see the wheel. <laughs> yeah, I think they forego the tutu because, well, for one thing, pretty sure they don't make them in a size like, I don't know, <laughs> the waist would be, well, probably a small waist on the wide receivers, but you know, when it comes to those linemen, yeah, it's, it would be, yeah. the, they probably don't make them in school. <laughs> we need this whole bolt of tool to make a tutu for, you know, this linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> you know, and <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I just said that just conjures up some silly funny images that's all yeah right. <laughs> um, well I wanted to show what you know what you want to mention that you love every single camera <laughs> you are born for the stage uh, Thomas I agree with you and that the oh. camera loves you Oh, Tamisa, you're darlings. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> I mean, I really, you know, just have to thank my parents. I really didn't have much to do with it. I, I do try to clean up as nicely as possible. So thanks for that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's just a funny thing that I say. It, so <laughs> it gets to laugh every time. So as long as you know, as long as I'm getting a laugh out of it, I'll, I'll keep using it because, you know, I fancy myself a bit of a comedian, so. That's always good. Bringing humor to a situation, we always make it lighter. And I think a, a little lightness is always good to have. Yeah. I don't know. I'm Cuban. We use, we hand, we use every situation we handle it with humor. We start with humor. Sometimes situations that maybe don't make you laugh too much, we still find humor in it. So make it better. Yeah, levity levity is good because sometimes, well, sometimes we firstly take ourselves too serious, but sometimes uh, a situation is like just so tense. Um, you'll, you laugh at the wrong time, like you're at a funeral and you laugh and you know you shouldn't laugh and that makes you laugh more. and or you're at some sort of place where it's inappropriate to laugh, but the tension is just too much and you just can't help yourself. It's, yeah, there's no, it's just something you do. It does something to you. It helps you, you know, when you smile at least once a day or laugh, you know, it buy your time. It gives you one more day. So you look at things a little brighter, right? 
So I see you have a quote. Did I say search your soul and be prepared for your craft? Or did you did you come up yes, with that? Yes, we say that. We say we all have to search your soul oh. and be prepared for a craft, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it, just a small, I feel like just a small handful of people really are, are called or drawn to the performing arts. Um, but it, it does come down to such a small subset of people who actually make it, um, you know, so there's the song New York, if I can make it there, I'll, I'll make it anywhere, um, which is kind of the truth. And then, of course, the pandemic hit Broadway, you know, just square in the head because all the theaters closed down. Everyone on Broadway lost their jobs because there there was no theater to attend. Um, but I think people love live theater. Uh, if, if nothing else, then for lack of a better term, the morbid curiosity of it all because you you love the i think the live interaction but you also love to see if something's going to go wrong <laughs> like if somebody's going to forget something or whatever i'll never forget when we did beauty and the beast here at our theater um we were crammed in between like a scrim and the opening curtain before uh before the show started. So then when the curtain went up, we would expand out and take our places right in the dark. Um, but that's how it started. And so when we were in that tiny little space, we actually had to even go in kind of in a certain order, like the middle people went in first from the wings, right? So the one guy had a shepherd's crook and the way he held it, he got it uh, entangled with something on the scrim behind him. And then when the scrim flew out, it just took that shepherd's crook right up there with him. So it's like, there it went. So there was no way he could grab it. And so it just, it was funny because, you know, sometimes just, just stuff just happens that you have no idea is going to happen. And of course, naturally it stayed up there the whole time because that scrim never flew in again, but uh, I don't think he needed it for the rest of the show. But, but that's, those are all the reasons why, people go to live theater because you never know what's going to happen. And if you're kind of a theater pro and you're watching, you can like go, uh-oh. You, you can see when something like kind of went wrong and you knew it wasn't supposed to, but like the rest of the audience didn't know. But like if you're in the know, you're like, yep, gotcha. That wasn't supposed to work, go that way. <laughs> anyway, it's the silly things that we do that... Uh, they just make it more fun. I just, I love it. I, I just love all things about live theater. Yeah, we just, you know, it's about keeping it fun. Mm -hmm. but I, I'm loving, I'm loving having my TV show and, uh, and being on the small screen as well. I love talking to my authors. As a matter of fact, as soon as we are finished here, I, I have an interview lined up. So I'm excited about talking to him. It's going to be, um, my 44th one it's going to end the first year so i'm really proud and excited about that well i, I think it's another way of art you know one one art form doesn't negate the other one you Correct. still have stage you still had the the light theater and you had the show tv show you know whatever fits your soul that's what it is all about yeah yeah well thank you for coming this was wonderful. Thank you, Nirka. Thank you so much for all you've done to put together this massive undertaking, not one day, not two days, 
and actually not even three days. We have the, the panel tomorrow at 11 a.m. So you are amazing. I hope you have scheduled in some sleep into your future. <laughs> so. Well, maybe some more in the future. <laughs> well, that's a bad it's crazy when I send you a note in the morning, I expect you to get it when you wake up and bam, you just reply right away. That's hence my reply to you, woman, don't you ever sleep? <laughs> so you are amazing and I thank you so much and I have massive love for you and appreciation. So thank you for everything. Thank you and the same goes to you. Definitely a lot of love. And I really appreciate you showing up here and sparking creativity in the world. Yes, of course, always. I'm at your service. Thank you. Goodbye. And with that, please stay tuned. We have more to come.